to another episode of RPG Hour. I'm Mr. RPG Hour. I'm Mrs. RPG Hour. I'm Jonathan Andrews. And once again, we have a couple members of uh, Dungeon Junkies with us. Henry. Alex. So we have the import- most important member of Dungeon Junkies with us, of course, Alex. <laughs> Wait, oh, thanks. <laughs> editor, <laughs> Editor-in-chief. Um, so today we're talking about honor. Uh, it's an RPG by Dom Perry uh, from the Nine Dragons RPG Publishing. Um, if you guys haven't checked it out, uh, they're working on a second edition, but I don't know exactly when that second edition is going to come out. So, uh, so we're actually missing Nick. Uh, if you listen to the one shot, you're going to hear Nick's voice. He played uh, Inspector uh, Naskel. Naskel. Um, I completely forgot how to pronounce his name when he took the character sheet. So. <laughs> yeah, Narsal. Narsal. Yeah. Because it was the same as the sword in Tolkien. There we go, oh, yes. Yeah. that That's what it was. I was trying to remember what it was from. I was like, that's <laughs> yeah. so familiar. Uh, yeah, Inspector Narsal. Um, so Inspector Narsal is not going to be here with us during our talk of the system. But I'm going to go ahead and have everybody introduce themselves uh, one more time and with the character that they played, uh, just so that we have that. And we're going to start over here. I was, uh, I'm Henry, and I was playing Professor Samuel Robinson. <laughs> I'm Mrs. RPG Hour. I was playing Dr. Jian Chen. And I am Alex. I was playing Samson A. Barowitz, the fireman. <laughs> and I'm Jonathan. And I was playing Chris, the EMT. So that's who we had at the table. Um, a weird ongoing joke that happened is we... So we decided to call uh, the professor Sammy, <laughs> and with um, Alex playing Samson, mm-hmm. uh, there was multiple people calling both of them Sammy. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a fun back Sammy. and forth. <laughs> yeah, it didn't matter. <laughs> so uh, before we get started, I, I gave you guys pre-gens. Uh, so I'm going to quickly go through what character creation is so you guys kind of have an idea of it. Um, just because character creation, while I definitely do love the way character creation goes, uh, it takes a little bit longer than some systems out there to get your character made. Um, you actually have to, if you want the character creation like walkthrough guide step by step, which you see in some systems, um, it's actually towards the end of the chapter. Uh, okay, so what slowed you down during character creation? Because I tried a couple of characters just for fun, and I thought it was pretty... I didn't think it took very long for me. Uh, so what took a while for you? So really what, what kind of takes longer than what a lot of other systems has is the life path system, which mm-hmm. while it takes longer to create a character with the life path system, it's actually really good. You get a better, well-rounded character. Um, so for those of you that don't know, there's nine stats for it. Uh, you've got your physical stats, your mental stats, and your emotional stats. And your stats are basically going to be a 2 to 20 range generally speaking um, because of the way that you're going to roll dice uh, to create this um, you're going to end up with that kind of a range uh, I used what's called so there's there's also levels that you have here gritty reality, cinematic escapism and myths and legends gritty reality is uh, just basically like the, the most realistic version of everything that you can do Cinematic escapism is like John Woo films, Jackie Chan, uh, things like that. And then Myths and Legends is like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and uh, movies like that. Um, Which, I mean, I think that it honestly would be a lot of fun to play this with Myths and Legends, but I think for introducing people, you kind of want to start them 
at something like cinematic escapism where they have that chance to go out and be hugely over the top. But there's also some, because uh, unless people are used to Wuxia, unless they're used to Hong Kong cinema, unless they're used to another system like Feng Shui or um, Action Hour, um, something like that, you know, walking into something where it's like, all right, what are you going to do? All right, well, the enemy runs down the wall. Runs down the wall? I can do that. Like, like there's a level of, like, uh, a special level of thinking that sometimes doesn't come directly into it. Actually, yeah, if you're going to play a superheroes game with a Hong Kong flavor, Legends and Myths would be the way to go. Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, we did Cinematic Escapism, which is roll 3DH, which DH for this is a D12. 11 stands for Yin, 12 stands for Yang, and they have special things that they do. Um, and so you th roll 3 and you discard the third result unless it's a yin or a yang, which then gives you a flaw or forte, uh, which most of the characters ended up with a bunch of flaws or fortes. Uh, some characters more fortes, some characters a lot more flaws. Um, but it, it's pretty easy character creation, it's just more time consuming. You go and you pick a, um, so after you do your stats, which I would honestly suggest write down all nine of your stats, go over to the life paths that you have and decide on a life path. Decide on the skills you want to take and then put your stats down. That's how I did it. That's how I feel the best way to do this is because I looked at it and I saw that one character, uh, their, their class called for a specific stat to be real high, but they had almost no skills in that. And I realized they might have some stuff that they have to do that's not going to be directly skill related, but I decided to put the minimum number stat there, and then they had a 20, so I put that 20 elsewhere. And I was like, I'm going to bolster up where they're going to really have skills. And I think that that's kind of what you have to do to really get a 100% effective character when creating in this system. Um, and I think in all honesty, that's like a lot of games, though. Really go through, roll down your stats so that you kind of know what you're going to have, what the bonuses are going to be, and then just simply go down the skills and what skills do you really want. Um, the cool thing, the way this works, is for each rank that you take, you get like a rank title uh, that goes with it, which uh, is kind of is kind of fluffy because you can kind of go any direction that you want with it, really. Um, uh, but we're looking at actor right here. So first one is jobbing actor. That's the first rank. You're going to get three skills that you pick off of your skill list, and then you, at first level you get three ranks. When you go to second level, this is TV extra. You get uh, three more skills six more ranks. So now you've got a total of nine ranks that you're putting between everything. If you go to the third rank, you get three more skills, so now you have nine total skills. You're a commercial actor, but you get nine more skill ranks. And at this point, that's the highest you're ever gonna go in regards to, uh, you're only ever gonna make nine more ranks each level that you okay. go. You get three more skills, nine more ranks. Three more skills, nine more ranks. And there's a list of skills that you can choose from, but you can also choose from any of the general skills. That can be by any from anybody. Yeah, so the way that it describes it in the um, defining the pathways, term one, a character must assign three skills from their professional list and have three skill levels distributed between those. You can actually take a zero rank. You can put one in one, two in another, and take a zero rank. Zero just means you don't take the negative 10 to attempt something. Okay. Um, you can do things without attempting a skill and just do a straight roll without a minus 10. But if you're trying to specifically do something, like if you wanted to do first aid and you didn't have one, okay. If you wanted to look and examine things, you can just mentally take a look. Like you don't have to, you know, you're not trying to assess things. You're not trying to do those things. Um, and so there's like a slight gray area with that negative 10. Uh, at rank two, or your, or your second term, 
you get three additional skills from their list or two and one general skill. And then on third, it's the same thing. You get two and one general skill. And then from fourth onward, you may add a general skill to your skill set and distribute nine skill levels among their skills. Um, so that's how it goes. And a, a maximum level of a skill is increased to is 10. So that's the maximum you're gonna be able. Sorry, you're, the maximum you're gonna be able to go is ten ranks. Now, how many skills did each of the life paths have to choose from? So most of them kind of sit around a um, about like I think it's like seven or eight. Mm -hmm. um, and so I mean, for instance, uh, what we were talking about is oh, and there's there's two different career paths you can go. You can choose from legitimate careers or criminal careers. Um, and so that's that's one thing you have to look at. What kind of character? Everybody that we played with in the one shot was a legitimate career. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's only because the organization that I built was kind of more of a legitimate thing. Uh, so for actor, you've got act, assess mood, communication spoken, draw others in, feign attention, mimic, perform, storytelling, and tug at the heartstrings. So that's nine right there. Um, I think actually pretty much they all sit a little closer to nine, but I know there's some that don't have. Um, I know there's some that have more, some that don't. So if you but, go for the full four terms, you're going to have most of the skills on that. Yeah, you're gonna have most of the skills, and then I mean, with the general skills that are out there as well, um, you just kind of can build things up slowly over time. Um, so it's kind of a very straightforward thing to do. The only reason I didn't have everybody do that is because I've only got one book, and the issue is is that it's fairly time consuming. I knew what I was doing, and it still took me about five to ten minutes per character because of I had to write down the skills. I had to. The other bad thing that is. The skills that are listed in the career paths do not have the stats that they're related to. Mm. So the thing is, is I had to write it down on a separate sheet of paper, go to the skill sheet, write down where they are, go back to my skill sheet, and then write down, you know, okay, so then I could place them correctly on the character sheet. Yeah, a lot faster with a uh, spreadsheet. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that was my, that's my only complaint about character creation is that um, it, there's a lot more back and forth in the book mm -hmm. yeah. than I get with other systems, but I'm a life path junkie. If you <laughs> hand me a system and it's like, oh, there's a life path, yes! Like, uh, but I'm also one of those people that I create NPCs, about 10 NPCs or 10 pregens before I will have players start creating characters because I just feel like that's the best way to get to know the system, the character creation and everything is just go ahead and just flat out just create through it. Um, and so five of what you guys have are those pre-generated characters that I made. Mm -hmm. um, and, I mean, they, you get a really well-rounded character. Um, you can end up yeah. with a character that has a lot of skills and a lot of skill points moved around. Um, and some of them are, some of them are special, uh, like Heal Minor Wound, you actually can do... You're not doing any kind of magic, but you are kind of bolstering your character uh, anyway, be able to heal. Um, it's only very minor. I think it's like two per hour, two health points per hour um, that you can heal, but uh, it's still better than that's still better than nothing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, well, and you only have up to 20-ish hit points to begin with, so two is 10%. Yeah. yeah. And that's um, per hour, so, you know, that's not bad. And with the way that they break, break down... <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> The way that they break down is uh, you have three stat groups, which is physical, mental, and emotional. And then under each of those, you have a strength, grace, and resilience. Resilience, I found not a lot of not a lot of life paths used resilience, and so you end up and there's not a lot of skills that use resilience. 
So you end up with a lot of, well, that's my health. Resilience is your health. Yes. I, how do I justify putting a, a decent number there? Oh, God, I'm going to have a crappy, crappy health for one of these. And you have three healths. You have a physical health, a mental health, and an emotional health. Uh, and emotional is used a lot for magic, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, I like the idea that it's emotional, which really makes me think of I could tweak a few things and run a version of Star Wars with this. Because let's be honest, the Force is really about emotion. Yeah. Uh, well, and when you're in the spaces in between, it said all of the checks you make are emotional checks. So like if you're yes. jumping over a wall, that's emotional grace. Like if you're picking up a heavy object, that's emotional strength. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, no. Uh, so uh, what he's talking about is um, in Pangu, which is the name of the world that you're in, uh, you can go from Pangu to Earth or Pangu to um, any, you know, written world out there. You can go visit the Pirates of the Caribbean or something. Um, and the way that that happens is you go to the spaces between. And the spaces between are these special little worlds and, um, like, in between spaces. But then when you reach the other world, you're back to using physical and things like that. But when you're in the in-between, there's some, like, sketchy things. So if your emotional isn't very high, you are SOL. Like, <laughs> you're, you're, the, you're the one in the back going, all right, guys, let me know when it's safe to come out. <laughs> um, which, in the one shot we did, uh, they actually ended up not going the path that takes them into another world. So we didn't really interact a whole lot with the emotional there was a little bit of mental done, but it was mostly physical. Um, so on character creation as well, there's a list of fortes and flaws. They're not defined. They only give you a plus one or a minus one, and they're fairly they're fairly straightforward. I mean, they're basically tags. Yeah, they're basically tags. But I mean, also, you know, who doesn't know what suspicious is or tactless? I mean, for the most part, these are fairly straightforward. <laughs> yeah. I mean, also on top of that, grab a dictionary. You can pretty much look up any of these words, and you've got exactly what it is. Um, the one that makes me laugh is well-bred. Um, nice. It's a forte, but I feel like it's more of a flaw. But I guess that also is just like my per my perception of like people that I've met. They're like. I'm well bred. <laughs> this is my you dog Miffy and my wife Spiffy. Like you know. So you mean inbred? <laughs> so that's 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 my thing. Like I just I, I have a negative connotation for it because of like some of the customers I've run into that are talk about being well bred um, in my day job. So, uh, but that's character creation. Because you're not well bred. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a bastard child, literally. Uh, it's so. It's only a, it's only in a forte if you are one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's character creation in a nutshell. Basically, you go through level zeros are skills that you can use without penalty. Um, the skills are fairly straightforward. I wish there was a skill list to go along with everything that could kind of also have like a little G next to all the general skills. So otherwise, you're you're flipping back and forth. Um, Do they have any on online? I didn't think to check their website. I checked the errata. Uh huh. And it didn't. It didn't really have anything, and I, I didn't see anything else on the on the website for it. So it would have been something really easy to do, but I didn't have time to do it. So <laughs> I didn't think about it till afterwards. Like yeah. after I created everything, I created our quick study guide. I created you know the characters and everything. I was like, you know what would have been easy <laughs> to make all of this even easier is if I had gone ahead and done this. Yes. Um, and that's normally something I do, but. <clears throat> As much as I enjoy the system, and personally speaking, I think the system is very sound, I've had a hard time getting players at the table for it. Mm. Um, and because I've got a group of people that I can be like, 
you guys want to play something? <laughs> They'll show up for anything? <laughs> like, it's real easy having this podcast and being like, so what RPG did I want to run a one-shot up? What am I wanting to do? <laughs> like, you know, I can just toss it in front of them. They're like, yeah, sure, we'll play. Oh, God, what am I playing now, you know? <laughs> so, I mean... Um, we didn't know it was going to be that kind of RPG. <laughs> Uh, but the task resolution in this is very simple. Um, you roll a d12, and uh, if you have the special honor d12, then you already have the yin and the yang symbols. Otherwise, uh, an 11 is a yin, which is negative energy, and a 12 is a yang, which is positive energy. Um, and you use those plus or minus your bonuses. Oh, um, what did the logos look like? Because in the PDF, they're just white blocks. Um, so it's very difficult to tell, but the yin <laughs> oh, looks like a dragon. See, that's kind of cool. And the yang looks like a tiger fighting something. So, I mean... Uh, uh, I looking at white blocks and going, I wonder what these are supposed to look like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and I mean, the dice look really cool online. It's just one of those things, like, I love buying specialty dice, but it's, it's with everything we've had going on, it's like yeah. all of my money is going into physical RPGs and into our mini RPGs. Mm. So she... You know, uh, clothes for a growing kid. Um. Speaking of, we need to do that at some point. <laughs> Computer says it. no. Bank account says no. <laughs> um, so uh, there's difficulty levels, and they're pretty much uh, by two points, two, four, six, eight, um, and depending on how hard the task is you basically try and complete tasks that way. We didn't have a whole lot of that, um, but what did you guys think of that? Well, I'm, uh, I'm a little... I'm very uh, interested in it. It seems like it doesn't quite fit in um, as far as like with the wheels and the whole honor and shame. Maybe once, uh, once you get higher level and you're starting to use uh, key more and, and you get the magic involved, it might make more sense. But it it didn't really I didn't really understand how that necessarily should affect our roles. Mm -hmm. Like, right. Well, I I mean I guess more from like a role playing perspective, uh, mechanic wise it makes sense. Mm -hmm. But it, um, I just didn't see like the actual how you're saying the game's about honor. But it but there. But there wasn't really much of that, you know, as far as our abilities. Like, maybe if there was some way that you could affect, or, or is that something later on where... Um, it can, yeah, no, at, the, at the end of sessions and things like that, okay. your, your stuff can change. Mm -hmm. um, because we were in the middle of it, nothing yeah. really happened y'all's honor. Right. Um, which is why I tried to give some people, like, a little bit extra honor than I normally would have started that kind of a character with. Um Okay. So I tried to give you guys a little bit extra um, in regards to it. But uh, what he's also talking about, um, Henry is talking about the fact that um, on the bottom of your character sheet, you have five wheels. And these wheels are um, your honor and shame levels. You can go all the way up to uh, being worshipped. And this basically means like you can walk down the street and people know who you are. You're a famous actor. You're a famous doctor. Uh, you know... Dr. Oz, or, you know... Um, yeah. <laughs> um, Dr. Phil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so that Dr. kind of Chen. a person... <laughs> yes. That kind of a Dr. person... Dr. Chen, I presume. <laughs> <laughs> but that kind of a person that's worshipped gets to roll 3DH, which is the dice uh, are called here. So you'd roll 3D12, 
and look at them. And if you rolled all low, if you've got like a bunch of twos or ones or threes or something, you would also at the worship level get to roll another die, uh, DH. If you do that though, that extra is automatically what you're going to take. Uh, if you're down one level loved, you just get the 3DH. If you're down another level for revered, you get 2DH, and then you get the die to roll if you don't like that, um, and so on and so forth. That goes down into down to neutral. If you have neutral um, on your shame and honor uh, wheels, then you just roll the one die. The five wheels are uh, acquaintances, family, friends. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, family, friends, colleagues, and then personal. Um, and so that just kind of is like where, depending on where you are. Um, where does personal apply? See, that's kind of where <laughs> I I always had like a weird, like how the, the wheels are going to apply because of how, how overlappy they are. Well, and they only had like, what, two pages on that? On the yeah. Wheels? So I so, felt like it could have used more rules or more explanation at any rate. Yeah, I think the amount of rules that it has are good. I think that the explanation could have been better. Um I think that there's just kind of a lot of overlap, and so I kind of glossed over a little bit. Um, I don't really focus on the personal that much, <laughs> uh, just because I feel like it, it really is too much of an overlap for me personally and how I interpret things. Um, and I mean, you know, that could also be like the, the more I played, the more that we watched things, I would probably feel different about that. But that's only because it's one of those things <clears throat> that, you know... I mean, it kind of reminded me of uh, a cross between a reputation system like mm -hmm. Star Wars has and like the honor system from Werewolf. Yes, mm -hmm. and that, I think that that's exactly what it is. I, I'll be honest though, I really kind of feel like it, it, it's done in a better light than some of the other systems that I've seen because it's a very simple mechanic. It's right there at the bottom of your character sheet. You know exactly how it is. You kind of know how things are going to be able to change. Um, if, if things like end up getting shifted, you, you get kind of a, oh, okay, that's what happened. Um, and so I, I think that it works a little better than other systems that I've seen, but that's also like my take on it. Um, but, uh, so if you get the book, I'm going to warn people about this. If you get the book in the physical book, it actually has an additional wheel that it kind of talks about. Um, but this wheel disappears from character sheets. Um, and it's I, I had a hard time finding a character sheet that had the sixth one, which is public. Um, and so I, I kind of used um, acquaintances as the public one uh, and focused more on family, friends, acquaintances, and colleagues. Um, and I, I couldn't find where it was. Um, and so it was kind of one of those things that I just kind of was a little uncomfortable with the fact that there's no character sheet that directly has it. I don't... Now, this also may be that the character sheet available on the website is for the second edition that they're they're currently playtesting. They may have gotten rid of public altogether, and they may be using the same logic I had, that basically that's an acquaintance. Like, um, I could be wrong. I have no clue. Um, I am only speculating on that, so... But yeah, no, the, those, those, the honor and shame levels are, are pretty cool. Um, yeah, I want to see what they do in the in like a long, longer campaign of sorts, like a one shot. I I don't think they really do much, but right. yeah, a much longer one. They, well, I mean, it could change things up 
There was a, a moment where um, Inspector Ch- uh, Inspector Nar- Narsal got to roll two die and have a saving die that def- that he succeeded on. So I mean, there, yes, there yeah. was there was a couple situations where it definitely helped, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, it would be. I think what you were saying was it'd be cooler once you start seeing your actions affecting your honor mm-hmm. and you start like, oh man, I was kind of shitty and now I'm dishonorable. Yeah, yeah. But also, because the way that the scale works, being dishonorable doesn't actually negatively affect your role. Mm-hmm. Dang it, opening fire in that coffee shop was a bad idea. Yeah, <laughs> but you did a good job. <laughs> I only hit one pedestrian, come on! Well... Actually, looked at you funny. I saw it. <laughs> As I understand it, though, uh, if you do go down into the shame, you don't get to pick the higher number. You pick oh, the lower number. Oh, okay. okay. So when you have honor, you roll two different die. You've got a choice between a higher number or a lower number. Um, you're going to take that higher number, you know, with that honor. Um, but with shame, um, it tips you in that opposite side of the scale, and so okay. you end up taking the lower number. So it does hurt you. Yeah. It is. It's. It, it's. It's like a pre version of the advantage disadvantage system that D and D currently has, um, because I mean this has of course been out. I want to say this came out like before that did. So I'm trying to remember when Fifth Edition came out now. It's been a while, but I don't remember the year. But anyways, it's a very similar type of mechanic um, to advantage-disadvantage, but it's completely and solely based on your, like, it, your acquaintances and your family are going to be two different shame and honor scales. Mm-hmm. You could have complete shame with your family, and anything <laughs> regarding your family you get negatives to. Everything with your, like, friends is all, like, positive. Like, so it definitely is, it definitely is kind of a difference depending on people. Um mm-hmm. Y'all didn't have a whole lot of difference between... Uh, you only had colleagues and acquaintances that y'all really got to deal with. So mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people, those were probably the same or mm-hmm. yeah. s- uh, very similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you didn't see much of a difference on those. Mm-hmm. So, um, But yeah, no, no, no. The shame puts you into that um, uh, rolling on the bad side of things and mm-hmm. getting the lower number. and You still do get a chance to get a higher number because you still do... Uh, get like that spare dh that you can roll if you don't like your numbers on a couple of things you could end up with a high number that wipes away all the bad numbers but like you're still taking a chance yeah and i mean it's still a one to ten yeah like (laughs) (laughs) but if you do get an 11 to 11 or 12 or if you have a special die a yin or a yang you auto succeed Mm -hmm. and your key points go up and down uh nobody used their key points (laughs) i was surprised i thought maybe in the fighting somebody would use some key points to they try and get some extra successes or something. <laughs> Shoot better at a door, maybe. Um, I, I got plenty of shots in that thing. Mm. You don't make it with the first one? Just I don't feel like we had very many target numbers that felt high. Yeah. There wasn't a whole lot out of y'all's uh, that y'all tried. There was a couple things that were set up that if y'all had tried, if you tried to pick the lock to the door, mm-hmm. that was a higher target number because of the way the lock was. Mm-hmm. So you just had to shoot the door open. Heck yeah. Um, Did anybody have pick locks? No. No. <laughs> I would assume I have nimble hands and could probably figure it out though. Yeah, it, it would have been a it would have been a physical uh, grace thing. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a negative ten. <laughs> uh, yeah, it would have been a negative ten, which is also part of why the, the target number would have been higher. We as just well. use a magic lock pick gun. <laughs> yeah. um, but I mean like there was a couple of tasks that were set up for you guys that would have actually ended up with higher numbers that y'all didn't actually take. Yeah. Um if y'all had, 
if Nick hadn't had to leave so early, I would have let y'all play out a couple rounds of poker in the main room first, which would have taken, I, I didn't want to run over time for him. Um, and so that would have, those target numbers were going to be up there for trying to get a, yeah. a winning hand and stuff like that. But for the most part, um, that's kind of where we sat at with using a lot of that information uh, with the target numbers was lower numbers because there wasn't anything that was really hard, challenging, or tough. That's the other weird thing about this is that um, a hard task is number three on the difficulty list. And so it really is like, okay, it's not a routine task they're doing, but it's not a hard task, so... Well, I think it's... Uh, okay, when you look at their difficulty chart, it goes all the way up to 20. But that's taking into account three separate styles of play. And you're not going to have 20 target numbers unless you're superheroes and you have 29 in, every, in all of your stats. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, what, that's plus true. 10? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, those numbers get really high up there. Um, but I, th I like the moments. I like the way combat kind of plays out. I'm, I'm still kind of weirded out by no initiative. <laughs> but um, I think it, I think it was handled fairly well. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was fine. Um, I liked it, but while we were playing, I don't think we played it properly um, because, m from what I could tell, because uh, I, I was reading on it, before, you know, uh, last night, that you're essentially supposed to declare everyone declare their what they're going to do, mm -hmm. and then they start. So, yeah, that's true. whereas I wouldn't have known to use my second shot to shoot the door or even my first shot, mm -hmm. I would have I would have already had to declare my moments. Mm -hmm. Then when he shuts the door, well, now i got to wait till my next turn to react to him shutting the door. Yes, could have shot the door since it was where he went. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> so, it was things that in my head I didn't think about until afterwards. It was like, oh, wait, I wouldn't have actually known to do mm -hmm. that when the time came. I was worried about, because you guys don't have a whole lot of experience outside of D&D, &D, yeah. um, and the type of play where you have to define your stuff beforehand and everything like that, that's a much older school mechanic. That's an older school mechanic. I do really um, like the idea, though. I mean, it's bled into some newer school stuff, but uh, it's been in some systems that have been around for a really long time. Well, that's because it's a wargaming mechanic. Yeah. True. Yeah, yeah you do. True. Yeah. Um, so it's one of those things of like getting used to people used to that. I thought you guys were going to definitely end up in the other combat, but y'all didn't. Um, I don't think you necessarily need to declare beforehand, though. I think the main thing is everybody is supposed to take their first moment, and then you have your the people take any leftover moments. So we, I probably should have gone, and he should should have taken his attack, and then somebody else should have gotten to go instead of him getting to take his second attack. Mm -hmm. Maybe I don't know. The way that I read it was just kind of. I felt like it. I also felt like melee should have taken place. Like deal with the melee situation, and then if anybody's gonna break from melee, um, which I did forget something there. Breaking from melee, uh, a full retreat is actually three moments, and triggers an attack of opportunity. Nobody got to retreat. I just stepped back. <laughs> well, he retreated. He did. Oh, he did. That's yeah. right. He did retreat. So that that was something that I did mess up on. On that is that that's an actual moment um, in this. Um, instead of just stepping, uh, but even step back is a full. Yeah, um, all three moments. Yeah, but uh, it's very sim. I think that the combat is very simple because it, the way that they define it is you're not looking at you know the way physical, mental, and emotional combat works is pretty much the exact same. Yeah. It's grace versus grace, and then uh, strength versus resilience for well, damage. I mean, mechanically, it's the same, but. Oh yeah, no, no. Mechanically, narratively, it would be completely different. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, which I think, is, I think is nice because yeah. it definitely, even though the mechanics are the same, the situations feel different. Mm -hmm. I do find it odd though that although when you do physical combat, 
you're getting 30 points of damage for, because you're using a shotgun. Whereas when you're using emotional combat or intellectual combat, you have the same number of hit points, basically, but you're doing a lot less damage with each attack. Mm. You may not even be doing any damage with an attack. So it feels like they would take a lot longer than a, than a physical combat would. Yes, um, although emotional, some of those spells can really rank up there. That's true. You could basically do 100 points of damage. That's and, true. Uh, so I think, I, think what really doesn't, I think what really doesn't balance out is the mental. Yeah. Um, and that's kind, of, that's kind of one of those things. Like I think I would honestly love to run a more horror-based version of this, <laughs> but because of the way that mental combat works... Um, I would have to sit down and basically create a whole new style of damage because, I mean... Oh, okay, okay, but Larry, if you were playing Shoots and Ladders, you would be like, this is a great game, but I would love to play a more horror-oriented version of this. I feel like this lends itself to a horror-style, suspense-style. Yes, I do love horror, and that is my forte, but... Um, it's also because I, when a system has a sanity style mechanic, yeah, that's exactly it. I feel like that is a great way to play into something that's a bit more tantalizing to the brain side of things. True. Right. And the only reason I wanted to do that with the one shot I was doing with you guys, but as I'm reading things for mental style combat, I'm just like, there's no damage. Like, I mean, it was basically like I could add in a jump scare and where even the emotionally stunted EMT <laughs> would still be able to sit there and just like, okay. Like, there was no real mental damage, no emotional damage that could be really done with ghosts right. and things like that very easily. Yeah. You'd have to, like, literally just do... You'd have to modify some things, and I just I didn't feel like I wanted to do that much work for a one-shot. Yeah. A full-on campaign? Oh, I'd do that in a heartbeat. This ghost has like, the power that lets him do plus ten emotional yeah. damage. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Like, I mean, I, because I mean, like, there's a lot of fun. Like, the the professor and uh, the doctor would be a lot of fun doing mental combat. Um, That's my highest. <laughs> All my highest stats are in mental. Well, and on top of that, uh, the doctor I think has the skill argue. Yes. Oh. No. Uh, the professor oh, does. professor has it. Sorry, yeah. professor has it. I'm also a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't stop the bleeding, your MD or your uh, doctorate doesn't count. She couldn't stop the bleeding. <laughs> she could. <laughs> she had to get the other doctor. I slowed the bleeding. That's, yeah, slowed. <laughs> oh, we're using our made-up names. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm using my RU skills. <laughs> Uh, so I think that the moments is, is I think the moments are really well done because uh, I honestly don't I can't think of something that I would want to do that doesn't kind of fall under one of these mm -hmm. um, and that's one thing that drives me nuts about other games is it's you got like 40 different action type things that you can do and it's like cool but like why do I need 40 of these things like I feel like half of these are pretty much the same thing like you need a stat for dance off, man. Which is why in second edition they have the coolest stats. <laughs> so second edition also adds a whole other stat, uh, which takes the total of nine up to twelve with the coolness stat. Um, I'm actually kind of excited. I've read some things about it. It does look like a lot of fun, um, but uh, I'm still kind of waiting to see how they do it because the skills are pretty much. I don't feel like you can move too many of the skills around and without losing a skill's effectiveness. So I'm, I'm waiting to see how they do that. Yeah. Uh, what skills are going to add to fluff that up. You've already missed two of the fluffs. Oh, no, two. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. 
I was waiting we for you. We need to have... We, it's going to end up being a shirt, I think. <laughs> uh, so the other cool thing... Um, tally marks. <laughs> I forgot to mention this. Uh, you can actually start off with your character being um, a charmed race, uh, which is like the holy people, and like a demon race. Um, but it, it kind of... Um, well, I mean, they're really half-bloods. Yeah, they're half-bloods. Um, but it's one of those things, like, it's, uh, it's kind of a weird, weird way to create these things. Um, you make a die roll, and depending on what type of bloodline you have, you can get, like, a plus to something, a minus to something, um, and you make these rolls separate from everything else you're doing. And so, I mean, it's, if you get a yang... You can shapeshift into other anthropomorphic creatures uh, without their abilities, cause a powerful vision illusion which convinces witnesses that the character is someone else. Um, and if you get yin, some sort of unusual physical feature linked to the charmed bloodline they have inherited, which is always out, um, or your demon bloodline uh, is kind of just always there. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of cool, but at the same time, it's kind of like, okay, but like, how do I be like of this bloodline and... Okay, but they get to start off with sorcery. It's all like... True. So, maybe with your feng shui, then you're not actually doing real spells or anything. You're just maybe uh, providing bonuses by having great living spaces. <laughs> well, like, okay, that sounds awesome. I want to do that. <laughs> I will say this, though. the the So, we didn't do a whole lot of magic just because of um, one-shot one constraints and going into some of the things that magic takes. Um I was worried that it would be a little too much. Uh, they don't really have a spell book. No, they have a couple of spells uh, pre-created, but then everything else is on um, the game master and the players to create. Yeah. Um, and it's it, there's a lot of math that kind of goes into it, um, and so I was worried about the time that that would take. Not just when you're creating it either. Like when you cast it, you have to use X number of key points to. Mm. Okay. So there's a lot of math that goes on at the table, even. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like th there's a lot of things that can be simplified about it. Um, that's honestly my only real gripe about this game, is the magic system is a little too complex for my taste. It's easy to do once you get the spell created. There's just a lot of math to go into it, but the spells themselves are fairly easy to read and work with. Um, going into the sorceress clans, if you have the feng shui clan, as Jonathan was mentioning feng shui, um, the first spell, it, uh, one of the cheapest spells that they have, um, it's called good fortune. It's a casting cost of 33, gives you a plus five modifier to any task attempted by a lucky person. <laughs> so long as the sorcerer maintains physical contact with that individual to put that into perspective, <laughs> That means that you've got to roll a 33 or better on a d12 on a d12 with modifiers, which means you have to use key points to bring that down. Wait, you have to roll for? I thought for a spell that you've learned, you don't have to roll for it, do you? As far as I understood, you still do. I don't think you have to roll against the spell target number. That just depends. That just affects how much it costs to learn. to use it. I think there's a casting cost, but I don't. I think you're make, just making a check against your. Um, well, maybe I was reading it wrong. I don't know. 
I got the feeling like you didn't have to make checks if it's not improvised sorcery, though. You cast it by rolling under your EGA. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I missed this line right here at the very bottom. Once you learn a sorcery, you can cast it by rolling under your uh, em emotional uh, grace on 1dh. Mm. However, if you are a clan member using clan sorcery, you do not need to roll for it. You can use a learned sorcery at will. Yeah, that's what it was for. And since none of you would have been a clan sorcerer, right. you would have had to be rolling. Um, yeah. But no, to, to, to cast it, to learn it, um, you have to roll greater or equal to that number, and you have to use key points to lower that cost. And that sort of drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> because it, just to be able to learn the spell, just to be able to do it the first time, which I guess it isn't so bad if you're just doing that on occasion or if you're improvising a spell and casting it that way, it's not so bad. But, I mean, still, I mean, that's the oh, load cost. Oh, it wouldn't be so bad if it were one-to-one -one like everything else, but show them the chart. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, no, I mean the the multiplier. Chart. Oh, the like if you're using uh, if the for cinematic sorcery, what what's the what's the power that you raise it to? To the third power. Jeez. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> so if you want to raise it by say what would it, what is it three four the, is is the example they give? Uh, reduced by two, reduced by four. So uh, two is going to be eight. Uh, to reduce it. By two points, is going to cost you eight key. Yeah. To reduce it by four points, remember we're talking about lowering a thirty-three yeah. down. It's going to cost sixty-four points. You yeah. would never four be able points. to do it precisely. Mm -hmm. So if it were one for one, it would be one thing. Especially that would be pretty bad. Especially but... if you're losing key on okay. eleven. I, yeah. I could get if it was a multiplier rather than yes. to the power of. Everything is to the power of. As soon as you said the power of, I was like, whoa. Yeah, no reason for that. <laughs> like, I could honestly, I could get it if it was like, okay, so you're doing cinematic, maybe do like... Well, I was thinking times one half for Legends, times one for cinematic, and times two maybe for Gritty. But to the power of four? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I don't think so. So, <laughs> and, and, and a Gritty reality is to the power of four, cinematic escapism is to the power of three, and Myths and Legends is to the power of two. Basically being that the more cinematic, the more, like, wee you're going to be, uh, the cheaper it is. The more fantastic the campaign. Yeah. Yeah, the more fantastic the campaign, which I, I don't understand why it, it costs so much. Um, if I were going to run it, I would definitely have to house roll that. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the only, that's my only gripe is, is that little bit of sorcery. Because otherwise, sorcery is pretty cool, actually. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Sorcery is honestly, like, the way you build spells, is I really like that. Um, I, I think that it's very neat. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that the overall cost issue with the way that key points work is my only major issue. Because if you want to take a skill and make it an easier target number, make it easier to hit with, do something to it, it's one for one. One key point gets you one point for that. Sorcery is the only time where it's exponential like that. Mm -hmm. um, but the sorcery is chart-based for with one universal chart for everything, and so it falls into the same problem that other systems that do that were, where it's very powerful and very versatile, but you're having to make judgment calls on every single spell. Okay, 
is this one better better exemplified by how much the target weighs or by how uh, how many targets I have or how what the area of the spell is so I mean this it makes for a very versatile system yeah but it also it, you, the GM has to be comfortable making judgment calls <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it, it really is a either the game master sits down and makes grimoires for the different types of magic and hands that off to players, or when the players make a spell, they then have to review the spell and check it. Um, and in all honesty, I, I don't mind systems like that. I usually tell players that they're if they want to be able to cast a spell, they need to present it before the session. And by before the session, I mean I need a couple of days to review it. <laughs> um, if you show up at the session and be like, I have this here's, spell. Here's my list of spells. Okay. Yeah, I'll be like, cool, thanks. Uh, looks like you're not casting spells today. But that, that lowers the benefit of uh, improvised magic. Well, to, to a point, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I still see it as I, with systems like this, I usually have like a spell book of spells and I will flip out a spell and be like, this is my improvised magic. This is my, you know, I'm learning the spell right now so I know it's going to cost a lot. Mm-hmm. Even though I've got it completely tailored out and I understand it, um, I usually do that. So Sure, but you don't always know that you're going to need a spell for Lubricate Weasel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because why would you possibly be oh, you need a spell for lubricate weasel. <laughs> yeah, no, there are some things that I think versatile systems though, that that is one of the drawbacks with the way that they are is that if you've got something that needs a spell like that, it could take a lot of time to create the spell and then you have to try and roll for it and do that and I kind of For the face value of being able to cast magic quick, I don't think that this type of system is for that. Um, now, if everybody had a book and you've got like a spellcaster sitting over in the corner writing everything as they're going, okay, I, I could be down for that. Um, especially because some spellcasters are... I don't know, some players that I get at tables with systems like this, their spellcasters are always mouthy. And they've got like two spells in the repertoire. And then you get them where they actually have to sit there and create a whole new spell. Oh yeah, it's nice to have some peace and quiet for a second. (laughs) Um, And I will be honest, I'm one of those kind of spellcasters. I was going to say, you are that person. (laughs) However, I usually also have a grimoire where I've like written down. I used to have a... Which means the GM does not get any peace and quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I used to play uh, Big Eyes Small Mouth a lot, Mm. Bessem. I really like it. Uh... We had a campaign that I played in for a while, uh, or not us here, anybody else here, um, and I had a spellcasting character, and I had a uh, Mead College Rule Spiral Notebook. I think it was like 80 pages or something like that. I forget what the number of pages it was, but it was the small number of pages. Um, and it was full to the brim with my crappy handwriting of spells. A.K.A. <laughs> <kind of> illegible. <laughs> It's not completely illegible. That could be a prop in a Cthulhu game. Yeah. Yes. It could. Actually, it was. It was It was the prop. Like, we used the spell names because of how Cthulhu magic can work. Um, yes. It's a little more fluid and versatile. Yes. Uh, and so they would be like, oh, okay. But I had, like, really weird spells for that character because it was anime-based. Um, I had uh, uh, a spell that was all about de-transformations of uh, magical girls because we had magical girls in that world. Uh, and so... Um, uh, I forget what I called it. I think it was uh, uh, Reverse the Dress or something like that. I named it something silly. Um, and the whole point was that any person that has a magical, not even just the magical girls, because we had people that were basically like Power Rangers. And uh, I was like, Reverse the Dress! And I would yell that out at the table every single time. 
And uh, when I did that, I would also throw the dice because we had we had a, we had a, a, a huge custom made dice tray in the center of the table yeah. for that game. And I mean, when I say custom made, it probably would have taken up like a good like third of this table that wow. we're sitting in front of. Like it, it, it was a really big thing. So I throw the dice in there and like woo, and then looked at hope. Hope that my dice rolled well enough for me. Um, and, and so, I mean, when, when playing Call of Cthulhu, like, reverse the dress? I guess somebody wanted to be able to change their clothing on a whim? Like, so, because uh, I actually presented that as a Call of Cthulhu uh, uh, prop one time, and that, that was the response that I got from one of the players. Because um, I, I run mostly 1920s for my Call of Cthulhu, so uh, that, was, that was a, oh, darling, I would never want my dress inside out. Just having those uh, stitching lines and uh, like, like she, the, the stop like, lying flapper. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so I mean I, I like it. I don't think that there's. Uh, I, I think that it takes a little more work than some players might be up to doing. I think it depends largely on the GM, really. Yeah, um, but I think GM and players. I think that this is something that um, might be a little much for some people. You would definitely have to be willing to sit down and go into it and kind of work it. Um, and I mean, if I was running a campaign, I would love to sit down with players and be like, all right, what are your spells going to be? Let's do this. Now realize you haven't rolled for these. These are still improvised for you, but let's get you a decent list going. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would let people also grab the clan sorcery spells, but not be in the clan. I would let, because I mean, they're really well done for some pre-done stuff. Well, it says that they are in grimoires and you can learn them and stuff like that. So I... Um, my honestly favorite one that, um, my favorite clan is the medicinal clan that if we played a campaign and my wife did the doctor, I know that she would definitely get these spells somehow. Um, somehow, I think that there would be two things that would be focused on poison touch. (laughs) You can touch and harm one target for up to nine, uh, HP of physical, mental, or emotional damage. Come here. Let me look at that for a second. Um, (laughs) the casting cost on this is 27 points. Worth it. Um, the other one that I think that she would do is dark pressure. You apply pressure to significant energy nodes on the patient's body, harming them with up to 27 HP, physical, mental, or emotional damage. For your own good. For a cost of 37 points. Yeah. It's like, it's like uh, acupressure. Now, I will say this. The thing about dark pressure is that you have to literally get up to the person... And I think with the way that it like describes it, yeah, I feel like it almost is describing somebody that's willingly sitting there by the word yeah, patient. patient yeah. No, but no, like, Zena often held people down while she did her her pressure point thing, and, and, and it worked perfectly well on them. Like True, pressure. Um, but see, this is one of the few instances where we see like twenty-seven points of physical, mental, or emotional. That's one of the few times where you see, hey, I can actually do some good damage. The majority of things aren't really like that for, for a lot of the damage that we talk about. I could about, so. kill you by touching you. <laughs> Once you're laying on this table. Uh, that's for 37 uh, points to cast. The reverse is mending pressure for also 37, which heals up to 27 points. So literally in that same clan, you've got the way to heal or damage for up to 27 points. So if you've points. got an acupressurist, that's fine. It's something they would totally know how to do. <laughs> That's kind of terrifying, though, because, like, yeah, just lay up, lay on this table. Oh, you were hurt in that last fight? Let me heal you. But she may accidentally kill you. No, no, <laughs> no. You... It would not be an accident. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't be an accident. <laughs> did, I, did I pay Dr. Chin all that money I owed him? Uh. No. I'm alive. <laughs> Once I pay it, then I'm screwed. 
So another fun <laughs> spell that I think um, I could honestly see this group of people, including the two people who aren't here right now, Kenny and Nick, would probably really enjoy. It's called Bond of Brothers. It is from the Taizu clan sorcery. Oh, yeah. Um, it's combined the physical strength of two clan members to create a clan totem beast. <laughs> this can exist oh, for up to 15 minutes and move as far as 8 meters from the sorcerer. It can represent uh, the physical strength aspect of the sorcerer in any situation. I just, I just see, like, from the Venture Brothers, Mekashiba. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, the way, that I, the way that I see it working is um, two... I, I could see it basically two people having the highest strength being like... Whoa! Small sorcerer needs help. Let's go be the thing. And like so, like oh, go shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> and Wonder Power Twins unite. <laughs> yeah. No. Have you have you guys seen that episode of Venture Brothers where Dean and Hank have Mechashiba? No. It's, it's they they get on they get on top of each other's shoulders and they're just like waving their arms <laughs> like this, chanting Mechashiba as they're walking through this like ancient ruin. <laughs> So, back. so um, item creation is very similar to spell creation, except for, like, there's no activation cost like what you have with magic. Uh, well, the learning times are in days instead of hours. True. Um, so, item creation... People working on it. <laughs> item creation is kind of a fun thing. Um, it really... I, it, it would be a very rare thing for it to come up in most campaigns and things as well, depending on how you're playing. If you end up in a world where you have to have a blacksmith or something like that, you're probably going to be going at it. Um, but it's a way to create a specialty version of an item. Like, you can create flaming swords, um, you can create firearms, chemical compounds, uh, uh, specialty weapons, hallucinogens, things like that. I thought it was weird that they talked about, about, about their... Um, crafting items as being technological things, and then it the fir their first example is a sword. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. We were talking about two different things here. Hold on. <laughs> no, it is one of those things that kind of does take like a, a moment to realize. Like, what am I looking at? <laughs> um, but it, it's it's a table fairly similar to the spell creation table. Um, and so I, I think that it's kind of a really neat thing. Um, you've also got like how the damage is going to be. Um, it, it works just like any of the other weapons and everything like that. So it's, it, of course, if you're not going to have any damage, if you're not going to have any range on it, those are obviously things that you can just skip. Um, I think that when you go into the weapons section, and you're looking at the weapons, you've got everything here labeled out, and it's a picture um, with the modifiers, which is kind of cool, but then, like, you go over to... Um, you go over to another section, and you've literally got it as a table. The only difference is there's one weapon here called the Phoenix Sword of uh, Guian. Guian? I don't know. There's two different spellings on here. Uh, one is J, or sorry, one is G U L, sorry G U I L I N. The other one is K W U I L N, and it's the same sword. Huh. Huh. And it's a fire sword. Um, 
So, I mean, it's same kind of... Same paragraph. <laughs> same paragraph, yeah. They did that with uh, America and Europe and Austin, Texas, too. It might have just been a typo. Yeah, um, but i um, not trying to point out, like, a, a negative thing here or anything like that. Like, I just, um, I mean, like, you've got this one item right here. It's really cool. And then, like, that's it. That's, like, that's the one specialty item. Everything else is what you've already got on that oh, other yeah. chart. Um, and so it, it was kind of a, just, like, a, a step back, like, a whoa moment. Um, the armor is also only listed in one place, but there's no real, like, pictures or anything like that, which fairly, it's fairly straightforward. Okay. If it were easier to find. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is, it is in a weird space. Um, but I, I like the fact that each of the, like, you've got Charmed One races and Demons and, um, I definitely like the Eastern feel where they're more chaotic rather than... Just evil. Yeah, just evil. Um, and I like that we get pictures of all the different things, so. What is something, we're going to go around the table, what is something you really enjoyed about this, and what is something that, uh, what was something that was a little, like, hard for you to grasp, or something that, uh, you think that might play out better in a longer campaign? Uh, what I enjoyed the most about this one was the, uh, life path creation system for the characters. I thought that it particularly played well with um, getting pre-made characters because I, I'm able to pick up this sheet. I'm able to look at my, I don't need a paragraph saying this is my, my character. I, I can look at my skills and find out who I am just on what skills I have. I can, you know, there's the forte and the flaws and th those help, you know, define your character. But the fact that it's all, um, you're able to not just come up with my character name and come up with my stats and then figure out how these stats make sense. You know, everything makes sense from the time you already put it on the paper. So, um, being the first time I've ever played a life path system, I, I want to do that more. I'd, 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 be, I'd, be, I'd be very interested in, in just making characters and being like, oh, this is a backup character, oh, this is a backup character, oh, this is a backup character. Uh, just to roll, to the life path I mean, I mean, just oh, to roll oh. through the table because I'd want to roll through the tables and see what I can come up with. Uh, but um, what, what I'm not too big of a fa uh, fan of is the honor and shame key. I think um, maybe if that was implemented into the character sheet itself, because had you not, you, you gave this, uh, you know, this the cheat sheet for us, but had we not had that, we, we would not have known just with a character sheet. So I, I think if, and really you could just implement that better, just put the 3DH, 1DH on the wheel itself. Yeah. I think just mm. maybe a slight design change would make that easier. I think going along with that, if all the skills had been put on one page, yes, and the wheels were made bigger on the second sheet, mm -hmm. I think that that definitely could have helped. Um, I think that part of it is just uh, character sheet layout. Yes, yeah, um, that's really what it is. I know that if I was to run a campaign, I would recreate this character sheet just because I do that when I run campaigns. I have a tendency to be like, oh, I've read all three books of this game and there's like 10 items not on the character sheet. Like, I, I, I tend to do that, and that's just how I work. One of these days, I'll actually publish these character sheets when we have a website up and be like, hey, take these for free, I don't care. Um, um, I would probably create a three-page character sheet. And honestly, one of the pages would be just the wheels with an explanation. Yeah. Um, and like a little bit like... Um, 
want an explanation with it as well as like have some other reference information so well and having background information on the same sheet as you have uh, play information I don't I think that's a waste of space. I think they should, there should be another, another sheet with mm-hmm. more Just space for notes mm-hmm. and more space for background and this good times, bad times, interesting times. Yeah. That would be better on a different sheet. Yeah. That's very true. That, that would be my one concern about it, really, would just be the layout of the sheet. And looking into it, uh, the layout of the book itself. Like I think they're just small design changes that would have made things easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I... The, the Strange also does this as well in that the skills aren't so much... It, compared to D&D, they, are, uh, they aren't like you pick from a list of things that it might fit in, but this one has instead, like, oh, you're good at specifically this. You're good at driving a fire truck and all this stuff. I, <laughs> I actually really like those. Um, but also beyond that, and even though we didn't really get into it too much, I like the idea of the moments... Um, for combat mm-hmm. I like that idea uh, a lot it just makes it to where everything happens all at the same time and I, I actually kind of like that a lot better um, and I would prefer that and I like how also you it's almost like spending mo- moments mm-hmm. um, instead of like oh you get these three actions you you know you have to use two moments for this or you have to use your, your entire three moments for this one action or something I actually kind of really like that. So it's kind of the way Palladium Combat is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also kind of how Rollmaster is. Mm. Kind of, yeah. So Rollmaster uh, uses um, percentages, mm-hmm. and you have to time out how much. Like you can, you can actually have an action that takes two hundred over two hundred percent. So you've got like your next two rounds planned out, basically. Uh, uh, but it's got where hits you. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got like where you have to give up your time in each mm-hmm. combat round, and okay. you define at the beginning of everything what happens, and then negatives happen if you're unable to do it the yeah. way you want. And, but it's cool because you're a sorcerer, and if you get your spell off, his his flesh is going to melt. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But yeah, no, Palladium is the same way. Uh, one of these days, we'll run you guys a Palladium thing. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I I really like the way the moments work as well. Um, I think that it, I think that they're well defined enough that there there's more than enough to do with them. I I, I hate sometimes when I sit down and it's like cool. I've got run and gun as a moment. Like there's only ten moments. Like. Uh-huh. I mean, I feel like, you know, oh, I can pair this and this, and I do a running gun action, you know? I mean, I, I feel like it, it's well enough mm-hmm. versed that, yep. you know, you you can do things without having to sit there and try and figure it out what you're going to do, mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Um, things together. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think that it's a lot quicker, too, I think. Um, granted, I, I gave you guys a list uh, of them as well, mm-hmm. which... Uh, that does help. <laughs> <laughs> because I was sitting there looking at the list as well when I'm over here doing this for the NPC. I was like... How many moments is that gonna be? Like, <laughs> yes. okay, I've got to dodge crap. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, which I didn't block. Really, which always block. <laughs> he never, he never dodged or blocked or anything. It was simply a physical grace versus physical grace, like just the standard roll to uh, do thing yeah. um, that happened. And so he didn't take a whole lot of damage yeah, until yeah. someone shot him in the chest. Someone. <laughs> 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 so Jonathan. Okay, so. There are a lot of things I like about this system, but probably the most, uh, the first one you would get to is I love the way they have the aspects broken up into groups. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it reminds me of New Worlds of Darkness, and I love it in both systems, 
where you have your grace stats and then you have your your emotional, mental, and social stats. Uh, I mean, or emotional stats in this case. Mm. And it's just a very elegant way to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where you have a good idea of what each of these categories means. And when you pair them up crosswise with the, with the class mm-hmm. of, of, uh, of aspect, it, it just works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And nine stats may feel like a lot of stats to be generating, but it's really not. It's, it's, well, and, uh, yeah, I think the fact that they're three divided, it doesn't really feel like you're setting nine stats. Right. Yeah. And when you're playing, it's just so easy to use that yeah. it's, it, it, it doesn't feel bad. Mm-hmm. It's pretty simple. Even, even though you say like nine stats, yeah, it's, it's simple enough to where they just kind of cross over together super right. easily. And since they're grouped the way they are, it doesn't feel like nine stats. It feels yeah. like three it groups feels of like three, three stats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's the thing I like about it, on one of them. Um, there are a few things I dislike about this system, mm-hmm. but probably uh, I'm going to have to go with the honor system. And it's mainly because honor is... I assume, really integral to the game, mm-hmm. and I feel like the system has a lot of potential but didn't get uh, implemented very clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, feel like, I feel like the designer really wanted Honor to be a fundamental part of the system, and yet it has two pages, and once I read the two pages, I'm not entirely sure how this is supposed to work mm-hmm. in the system. So the, DM, the Game Master pretty much has to figure it out for himself how Honor is going to work in his campaign. Mm-hmm. Like when I read it, I was thinking it was it was strictly a, re- a reputation system, and so only social actions would be affected by it. Mm-hmm. But uh, Larry decided to go with making it a more universal system that affects everything you do, well, not everything, but more thing more of the things you do than than just social situations. And so, I feel like the honor system could have been more mm, better explained. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, definitely. I overall think that this is a fantastic game. Um, I think that Honor is... It is spelled H-O-N-O-U-R, as is in the title of this episode. Uh, Need to make sure that's clear. This game is from Hong Kong, so there's stuff in there that you might look at and go, that looks misspelled. It's not. (laughs) Uh, It's just the way that the rest of the world spells it. Um, So on DriveThruRPG, you can go pick up um, a Watermark PDF, a softcover, or a softcover Watermark PDF combo. The PDF is currently $4.99, normally $24.99. Um, The softcover book is $28.75 right now. Um, Granted, by the time this episode comes out, this might not be. I don't know how long (laughs) this sale is going to be on, because it doesn't look like it's related to any kind of sale, um, any... Um, and normally thirty four ninety nine. The combo is normally fifty nine something. For some reason, the web page is like not coming out correctly on my cell phone. Um, and right now, it's twenty nine for the bundle. Um, honestly, this book is a really high quality book uh, for being a soft cover book. Uh, the pages are really nice. Um, I don't know if you got to feel that or anything like that. It's about two hundred fifty nine pages. Um, I'll be 100% honest, uh, as I said that we were going to be, this was a game that we were given as a gift from the creator, Dom Perry. Um, I've gotten to run one-shots of it over the years, uh, but I've never gotten to really run a campaign of it. Um, As I said, this is one of those games that people look at and they're like, oh, okay, uh, what is it like? And there's been difficult 
urban fantasy that is not directly like certain things that are out there yeah. such as um, Dresden Files and mm-hmm. if it's not that type of urban fantasy it, it, it can be very difficult to get people at the table mm-hmm. I've noticed basically if it's not a major franchise people don't recognize it <laughs> yeah um, I like the book I think that it's a good quality book I think that it's a really actually a really nice quality book um, the binding is good the cover is full color and the inside is black and white more or less there's mm-hmm. there's some greens but it's more or less black and white it's a good. It's a good book. Yeah, it's a good book. I honestly would pay full price for this. Um, if I had to purchase a secondary copy down the line, which I'm honestly probably looking to do, I would honestly probably do the bundle. I don't think those prices are out. I don't think those prices are outlandish for this game. One hundred percent. Not at all. Um, I think that it's a good quality game. When second edition comes out, definitely looking to get second edition as well because um, one, I think that. You know, adding that additional stat would definitely be something that would be a lot interesting because I think yes. one, I think like the party skill makes a lot more sense as a coolness thing <laughs> yeah, than yeah. as a physical trait. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's just me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it also, hard. yeah, uh, it also has a four star rating currently on Drive Through RPG. Okay. Um, so that's kind of where they're kind of sitting with it. Um, oh. And the book has setting information inside the book, main book. Yes. So you don't uh, have to buy a separate book for that. So this is a all-in-one book at 259 pages. It's got the setting, it's got the system, and it's got creature information at the back. Um, and in all honesty, with the way that it is, is that you're pretty much playing against another human-esque type character. So you literally just create the character through the character creation system. Um, and, and that's a fairly fairly decent thing to do. Um on RPG Geek, which is our other go-to for looking up ratings, it currently does not have a rating. <laughs> Nobody's gone on there to rate it, which RPG Geek is kind of like a hit or miss whether it actually has anything on here. Um, oh, I'm dumb. Here we go. Nope, still no ratings. <laughs> so sometimes they have a group on RPG. If you've never been, you can click on like honor, and it goes to the group of honor systems, and then you have to click on the individual books to look oh. up because there are there are a couple of books for it, but not what I felt like was going to come out when I was originally talking to Dom about his game. Um, I honestly was hoping for more, but there's honor, honor students, and Nihon in the city of Edo. Okay. Oh yeah, and um, I I was I was hoping for more. Um, well, he references more in the main book. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um, honor students is a quick start version of the full honor RPG, and it takes place as um, uh, so the minimum age in the game is seventeen, and this game starts where you're at seventeen. So this is kind of I think it's kind of like an interesting prequel to the game. Uh, if you wanted to kind of run that, also if you wanted to play high school students, that's a great way to do it. Um, Nihon in the city of Edo, I am probably mispronouncing that. Um, it's a uh, complete. Uh, it, it's Pangu's equivalent of Japan, um, and they call it the the list, the land of mist-filled valleys, mega cities, and giant robots. Oh, um, awesome. So the original game came out in 2015. That uh, edition came, that add-on book came out in 2017. Does it say how many pages it has? Um, some t- 78 pages for that one. That's not bad. So um, 
which that's also available on Drive Through RPG. It's basically like one of the Rift World books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it is five dollars for that PDF. No, no printable cover. I would actually like a printable version of that because seventy-eight pages is a decent size. You'd like a printable version of anything. <laughs> True. Well, okay. If it is, if it is under fifty pages, I don't mind a PDF. But if it's over fifty pages, I would really rather have a book. I don't know. I'm kind of the other way around. <laughs> Mainly because of Paizo's uh, uh, books. They, they have those little alchemy manuals and range tactics toolboxes that are just the right size. I'm sorry. They, they're just beautifully done. <laughs> I mean, granted, I've got, uh, hands down, any of the Orcs Unlimited books, I'd rather have the physical books, and those are maybe breaking 50 pages, if yeah. that. Uh, and I really do prefer. But most of the time, like I, I, when it's supplements and not a main book, if it's under 50 pages, I'd rather have a PDF. If it's over 50, I'd rather have a physical book. Just because I'm also old school, I really like having physical books out in front of me. <laughs> so. he, likes the con- he likes to pause the game and continually flip for 10 minutes. <laughs> hey, no, that only happens on certain rare occasions. But um, Good sound effects for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. If it catches it. Uh, so, like I said, uh, the only rating that we have is four stars on uh, Drive Through RPG. Personally, uh, I give this a solid three stars. It's definitely a game I love. I do find it hard to get people to the table. Um, I think that there are definitely some areas that uh, could be improved. I'm excited for second edition. Uh, from what I've read so far, it definitely does look like an improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I've got you per- the perfect uh, uh, solution for you getting t- players to the table. Tape. The first, the cover of a of a dungeon master guide on it. <laughs> We're playing D and D. Honest. <laughs> just don't. Just make up new character sheets that look That's like right. D and D character yeah. sheets. Yeah. See, there you go. You said you were gonna make new character sheets anyway. Yeah, halfway through the game before they realize what's going on. Yeah. What are these dice? These are D twenties. But half the players won't even notice. Just give them pizza. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, I give Honor a solid three. Henry? I'm, I'm going to go with a three as well. I um, definitely want to play. I, I love the lore of, of the game. I love the character creation system. I think the spells and the Honor system need a little work. So a three for this one, but I am really excited for the second edition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. Whoops. Right, I'm here. <laughs> I like exist. Damn. I exist. Damn. I gotta go. And, and you're in hitting range, too. <laughs> I may have short dinosaur arms, but you are well within range. She's got a weapon near her. I have so many. Which one are you talking about? I was looking at the charging cord, the charging piece. Oh, yeah, but I also have a straw. I've got some I went pencils. straight to the pencils and straw. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a fire truck. <laughs> Be careful, he can drive those. <laughs> um, well, given the unfortunate circumstances of my playing this game, I give it a tentative three. Hopefully I'll be able to actually invest a little bit more time in actually playing it instead of monitoring my house, maybe maybe not burning down, and, you know. I appreciate the house kid- not burning down. <laughs> Kidnapping and all of that. But, you know, from what I did play, it was a lot of fun, and I liked that 
the the character sheet and everything that goes on it lends itself it almost feels like a white wolf character sheet it lends itself really well to just focusing on the role play aspect of yeah. the game and i really enjoy that mm-hmm. yeah no i i just made that connection right now as you said that like it definitely has that white <laughs> my, wolf feel and it definitely lends more to <laughs> what <laughs> you'll catch it later <laughs> you'll catch it in editing <laughs> You'll be shaking your fifth at her. No, I'll be throwing stuff at her. Uh, my, my, my computer table is right next to the bed, so. Um, That's a bad idea. <laughs> it was the only way to line things up. Um, no, uh, it really does It really does look like a White Wolf character sheet. Uh, it really does lend itself very much to that style of play. Um, as we were saying earlier... It almost looks exactly like a White Wolf character sheet. <laughs> All it's uh, missing is dots. <laughs> Uh, as we were saying earlier, though, uh, we would definitely love to see like a revamped one where the wheels are a little bigger, where the wheels are there's the explanation of the wheels underneath and things like that. Or the so. wheels could be dots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, or like the quintessence wheel on the mage character sheet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you take this right here, the uh, yeah, you don't need the chart, and then just labeled right above it, and then you could mark where along that chart you are. I think I, think I figured out how I'm gonna do it now. Uh, <laughs> hey guys, thanks, babe. Great. Um, uh, no, I, but yeah, no, it definitely. What have I done, face? <laughs> no, that is the. I'm so glad I could give you such a great idea. You did. Like and all I love of your you. ideas. <laughs> yeah, so I'd, I'd agree with a, a solid three. Uh, I really enjoyed most of it. Um, the honor system, I agree, could use a little bit more work. Uh, but And also, I, I would kind of agree on like recommending it to someone. Like Maybe this isn't the first thing that I'll go to. Um, but overall, I enjoyed it, and I think it's actually pretty good. And, uh, like you said, there's a second edition coming out. If they can improve on that, I... I I would definitely get it. I would definitely play it, too. Yeah. So. I do see one thing is you didn't get to actually drive a fire truck. No. <laughs> Not at all. You know what? Zero to five. <laughs> <laughs> no fire trucks. I think that's the GM's fault rather than <laughs> you the No, know, the option was there. Yeah. The option was there. The option he was didn't there. take it. And y'all did. Oh, there was a car chase scene that y'all could have gotten into, and y'all didn't get into it. So car chase with the fire truck? That would have been <laughs> Someone driving at both ends. <laughs> the, two, the two fire trucks that he had available to him was a command vehicle, which is like a, a smaller, you know, truck style thing. Yeah. And then he had a non-ladder uh, unit that he could have taken out that had a spray rig on it and things like okay. that. So, um, uh, Non-ladder unit, zero out of five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Alex gives it a three out of five. We're going to ignore his zero out of five. <laughs> um, so, just on the system, it's not my favorite system, but for an indie system, I really liked it, and I think it has a lot of potential. Yeah. So, I'm going to give it an optimistic three, three and a half, and hope that uh, second edition will be even better. So, of course, you know, we all give it about a 3, 3, 5 uh, is what it got. Um, <laughs> Mrs. RPG Hour is fuming. <laughs> I, hate, I hate the point. I almost did a 3.5. I almost did it. Okay, in your mind, round it up to 4. That's fine. <laughs> it's optimistic. I give this a 3.9829. There you go. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. At least we didn't give it a 3.14. <laughs> 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 uh, 
So I, it got a solid four uh, on drive through RPG Hour, but that was also only because only two people have rated it on there so far, sadly. Uh, yeah. um, but they both gave it such a high recommendation. Uh, one gave it a solid five, one gave it a three, like we did. Um, in all honesty, I, I'm going to end up buying more copies of first edition, even once second edition comes out. Um, because I like the way first edition runs. If second edition does run differently, it's going to sit differently in my mind, and I will want to occasionally run first edition versus second edition. Um, I mean, I'm like that. I have multiple editions of the same game because when they do something differently, if I liked what was done differently in both systems, I'm going to want to play both. That's just how it is. Getting people to the table is a whole other story. Yeah. But um, That's a whole another topic for a podcast is how to get people to the table. Yeah. To be honest. And apparently... If we did that, we wouldn't need a podcast. We would just make a million dollars. Tips and tricks. <laughs> um, I really like this. It's going to sit on our shelf forever. Um, we're going to have multiple copies. Uh, I am eventually going to write a grimoire for this, like what I've done with other systems. <laughs> Only this time, unlike what has happened with every other grimoire, I'm going to make a PDF of it. I'm going to send it to Dom and see if he wants to publish it or something. Uh, but um, I, I wholly intend to sit down and make a lot of spells that are at varying levels that are similar to one another um, that are also pointed out in regards to um, gritty realism, um, cinematic escapism, and then you know, the myths and legends. Um, because I feel like the only other thing that I could have seen would have been interesting is if there was spells that were slightly varying based on that type of play. Oh, yeah. That would be the only other thing that I could see is is gritty realism spells. Um, if you guys haven't checked it out, there's a game system called Capers, which is a 1920s uh, superhero RPG, but the superhero powers aren't over-the-top superpowers. Um, you can leap, but it's not like hugely far. You can also like fly, but it's not like super fast. But if you leapt and flew, you could exponentially grow that. Like I think that that kind of gritty realism added into this magic system makes Capers what it is, and it's a great system. It's a great whole other thing. That's a whole other podcast day, of course. But I, I liked the fact that that's that sat differently. When you pick up a game system and the magic plays into the world and plays into that. That definitely bolsters the game for me. Yeah. I think the magic the way it is definitely is great, and it definitely builds into this. I'm not saying that it doesn't, um, but I would have also liked to see like a slight variance, like, hey, here's some gritty realism spells, here's some cinematic, here's some myth and legends. Because, I mean, having a myth and legend spell where I can run across buildings, like, that talks about like how I can run across buildings, versus a gritty realism where it's talking about like assisting with like jumping up to get into a window i feel like that's that's two separate styles that this game can honestly facilitate um and that's honestly the last thing that i'm going to touch on on this is that this really is three in one for an rpg it really does lend itself to the gritty realism the cinematic escapism and the myths and legends um i don't feel that this game system is just for one of those it definitely can be played for all three. So if you're looking for an urban fantasy that can do one of those styles of plays, definitely give Honor a chance. Uh, and as always, if you didn't like our episode, <laughs> send us an email at therpghour at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at rpghour. Um, if you liked it, please give us five stars so we can reach more people. Uh, and, you know, even if you say, 
hey, I like buttered toast, or hey, I think D12s are a cool dye, because that's the main <laughs> dye that's used in this. Even if that is your whole thing, as long as you give us those five stars, we will come back with, yeah, D12s look cool, or I love hey, toast. love buttered toast as well. Um, you know, D12s are actually pretty cool looking. <laughs> yeah, they're my favorite dye, so uh, that's maybe the other reason why I really like the system, because D12s are my favorite dye, but... Uh, as always, I hope you enjoyed it, and if not, please let us know. Have a good one from RPG Hour.